Hey guys, good evening. My name is Toyeshi Uyibade from the Reconciliation Ministry. And as usual, I'm excited to be with you once again. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your feedbacks. God bless you abundantly in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved of God, how have you been? Hope you're fine. How has work been? Business, family, you. Like, how are you really? I hope that you're good. I hope that you're doing fine. I pray that God will be with you and, you know, He will direct your path this week and beyond in Jesus' name. You will not see any evil. You will not hear of any evil in the name of Jesus. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Beloved of God, for the month of August, by the help of the Holy Spirit, we have been treating the church and I. And um, we've been seeing, you know, what exactly is the church supposed to do? Why can't we just stay at home, you know, and stream services? It is even cheaper, right? You won't have to, you know, wear clothes and invest in, you know, an extraordinary closet. You don't have to take transport, right? You could just be in your house, stream service. In fact, when, if, when it is online, you can even have like, you know, a buffet service. When I say buffet, I mean that, you know how in the buffet service, they are sorted. There are varieties. You can go from, you know, Chinese cuisine to our own African, our own African dishes. You can, you know, eat amala now and go for fried rice later. There, there, you know, there's, there's a menu for everybody. So, why can't you just stay at home and have a buffet Sunday service in that, you know, as you're going from Avestas, you're landing at um, Redeem, from Redeem, you're at Deeper Life, from Deeper Life, you're at MFM, and you know, it will be fun, right? Like, when you have a sorted, <laughs> why can't we just stay at home, save money, and just, you know, enjoy ourselves online while streaming services? So why do we have to meet physically? What's, what is in physical service for us? What do we stand to gain? and all of that. Beloved of God, I would start by saying that I think that one of the reasons why many people many times feel disappointed about a church experience or about, you know, a service or about, you know, the church as a whole, maybe you feel like, oh, okay, the service, the service didn't do it for you. Or maybe somebody said something to you in church, or maybe the pastor said something to you while, you know, Bible study was going, and you just feel like, see, that church will be fine. Let me just find my square roots. It could be. And your feelings might as well be, you know, valid. But I think that one mistake we make is to assume that, you know, the church is just there to... We are just, uh, no, we are just in church rather to receive. Many times we are only focused on what we can get from the church. With, you know, what what is there... What is in this service for me? What am I standing? You know, as beautiful as, you know, the the concept of um, expectations. In fact, I wouldn't even advise anybody to go to service without expectations because you need to have expectations because it's by expectations that you are eager. Expectations will, you, would um, create an hunger in you. You would be expectant. You would, you know, imagine going to a, a party fully confident that there will be so much food and you get to that party truly there was so much food there is an higher sense of um 
fulfillment that you would experience because prior to the event you had already created expectations in your heart or in your mind about how the event should go right so when we go to church with invitations oh fantastic i would really encourage that however it doesn't stop at the place of expectations it doesn't stop at the place of you being expectant you're willing to receive it goes a step further to what you're willing to give if we can take our eyes a little bit off what we always stand to gain in church and then we we, we we put a bit of our focus on what we also what would what we would also like to give to the church then it will be a balanced equation because we will not go away from feeling you know exasperated feeling used feeling um the same way we were when we came to church to feeling pumped to feeling excited now i don't know about you but i know that there is a certain kind of joy i i get when i when when I give something, it could be a hug, it could be a smile, it could be in terms of a monetary gift, it could be counsel. There's a time I was speaking to somebody and she was like, how do I do this that, you know, um, usually, you know, giving a word to somebody or, you know, comfort somebody or giving counsel. And I'm like, I enjoy it. It's just something I look forward to, really. I look forward to, you know, somebody sending me a text saying, oh, three, I need this, I need that. I, I just love to be of service. I love to serve people generally. It gives me joy. And if you haven't, you know, served in any capacity, whether to your friends, to your, just try, to be honest. Try to be that go-to person that, you know, people know that if it is a hug or a smile or a word of encouragement, it could be hundred naira, it could be a transport fare. It could be chinchin, it could be gala, it could be prayers, you know, it could be visit. Anything you know that you can do successfully, just be of service to people. So when you're coming to church, on one part of your mind, I mean, in one part of your mind, rather, you're expectant, you're fully expectant, you're dreaming about, oh, the word that you would receive today, you're thinking about the worship and all that. And then on the other part, you're also thinking, you're also excited about what you're giving in church. About what you're giving in church. And then, you know, my pastor said something in church yesterday. He was like, worship is not something we do, you know, out of necessity. That ah, Okay, it's not worship time. We are everybody. Let's be in the mood of worship. No. Worship is a response. It is a response to God's magnanimity, God's faithfulness. So, you don't do worship because, you know, you feel like... It's not something you do out of feelings. It's something you do out of desire. Which is why church experience should not be something you do dutifully. Church experience should be something you do with desire. Because if you if you limit church experience to duty, it is easy. It not just to... To, to go to church now, you will sit down, you will be looking. You will take your book too, dutifully. You will write dutifully. You will be in attendance dutifully. But what about desire? Because we must not stop at the place of duty. In, ev- in every um, part of the service that you, en- you enjoy, we must not stop at the place. Of- because when we, when we um, benchmark church experience to duty, that we don't get the best out of that experience. It's just like somebody who feels that, oh, all I have to do is just to make cakes. Hello? Out of the hierarchy of the things you need to do, 
making actually making cakes is like you know the least because so many things would, would, would come to play so what would you know identify or no what would differentiate between a person who enjoys making cakes and a person doing cakes out of you know i need to um escape sapa now if you're unaware people usually use um sapa for you know a place of being broke like you don't have money and all that so you know a person who is doing cakes out of desire out of passion would take every journey differently would take every experience personal that's why you know customer service will be on check some people just say good afternoon how may we help you i want cakes okay as the way they will even be responding to you will be wondering ah, is this person i'm ah, this person is now you know you will not enjoy the your your um customer experience whereas somebody that is excited about the other somebody that is excited about the business there's the way they will chat you up while you know making your order that will make you feel relaxed even if you were planning to spend maybe fifteen thousand naira before by the end of that conversation you might have gone a step higher to spending twenty five thousand naira and before you know it's because you know the person made you feel at home so maybe what is making us disappointed is because we are too fixated on what we are getting from church what the pastor has to give, what the choir has to, to sing, what, you know, somebody, you're always noticing somebody that didn't do something. Oh, why did the um, usher tell me to sit down there? Why not? You are just fixated on the things you get. How about you fix your mind on also the things you're giving? Like worship. Imagine feeling excited about, oh, I'm, and then, and you know that when you are, when you have the mindset to give God worship, you are not moved by who the worship leader is. Because I know that many of us have favorites, right? You have one person that, the day that person is not singing, and like, oh, oh my, with this service be You have already conditioned your mind to only enjoy worship from that person. You are only fixated on what you are getting from that person's worship experience. So the day that person is not the one leading um, the worship session, you feel lost. And they, they ask you out of church. Ah, he was just there. But deep down in, you might not even have identified why you were feeling it was just there. You might not even know that it is a conditioning in your mind that the person that is singing, you don't enjoy that person's um, session. And before you know it, your mind has wandered off to so many things. But when you're coming to church, not depending on who the worship leader is, but you're, you, you, are, you, are, you are more concerned about what kind of worship am I giving God today? What kind of service am I doing in church today? What am I doing in the ocean department today? What am I doing in media today? What am I doing to my neighbor? How am I, you know, you know, there's some people that you will sit beside them and then that aura will just be, you know, will just be sweeting you in quotes. Because, you know, even from their, perf- their choice of perfume to the way they smile, the way they giggle, you're just feeling at ease beside them. But some people, you know, you're beside them and then they're just grumbling and looking moody you you would you know as you're trying to dance you're looking at them and they're just you know demoralizing you with their attitude but imagine going to church fully pumped like i will be the reason somebody feels excited about church today i'll be the reason why service is beautiful to somebody today imagine everybody going to church imagine a a, a church with you know a total number of 300 members imagine that 300 people are coming to church with that desire that they want to give something to God. That desire that they want to give something to the other person. Do you know what happens? 
because of that, you know, that desire in everybody, it rubs up. Like, I'm giving to Mr. A, Mr. A is giving to Mrs. O, Mrs. O is giving to uh, Sister Y. You know, if, if we, just, we, we exchange comfort, we exchange, you know, peace, we exchange joy. And at the end of the day, nobody goes back home empty handed. Because guess what? Everybody came to give. It is when we don't do what we are supposed to do. When we fold our hands, thinking that, you know, the church should handle it. You've forgotten, like we said in the previous, like, we are the church. Who is the church? If the pastor is, is, is on the pulpit so that nobody is listening to him, what he's just doing is just, you know, maybe rehearsal. So the church is you and I. The media team has people like you and I. Evangelism has people like you and I. Choir has people like you and I. So we must take a look away from what we are getting to also what we are giving. And I'm very confident that if we can also balance this equation, then maybe our church, not even maybe, I'm confident that our church experience will be what will be better. Amen. So, um, what are the things that, you know, the church, why do we, like we said before, why do we even go to church now? We've spoken about, um, fellowship before we've spoken about um edification of the saints right today let's let's um also talk about um evangelism now thanks to church we have evangelism units and you know even outside evangelism units we also have you know um, it is a direct commission. Let me put it like that. It is an instruction. It is not just the duty of an evangelism unit to preach the gospel. It is the duty of every believer. The moment you give your life to Christ, you have also been commissioned to extend the favor. Now, imagine if nobody preached Christ to you. Imagine if nobody told you about Christ. Imagine if nobody, you know, you remember all those times when we used to, you know, have bulletins, all those gospel bulletins. Imagine if there were none of those things. But, you know, even if you feel like, oh, they are always everywhere, you might be shocked that one bulletin might be saving somebody's life. One bulletin might be saving somebody's life. You might think that, oh, it's just, you know, it's not for fun, right? It's not something that you do for fun. It is a commission, and we must take it seriously. And this is why we should be in church, because, you know, one will chase 1,000, but two will chase... 10,000. So when we are in church and we go together as a group, we help one another. Now, I remember when I was in uni, we used to do evangelism very well and then we used to also go for missions, right? And, you know, when we're going, we'll go in peers and all that. And, you know, somebody might be, you might not be very good with, let's say, Yoruba preaching, but your partner is very good, right? So when you guys are there, you might take opening prayer and the other person will now take sermon. And the person is better than you in Yoruba. What do you think happens? There is a synergy. There is, you know, you guys will do better because, now imagine if you are not in church and you think that, oh, you can conquer the world. But nobody would conquer. You can't conquer the world by yourself. Like I've always said, there's no self-made anywhere. You can't do anything by self. You must always rely on other people too. As we, are, as we, as we intend to get support, we must also desire to give support to people too. So one of the things the church does is to equip the saints. 
The church equips the saints. The church gives us materials needed. The, the church would water us, in quote, so that we would also, in turn, water others. So all, your, all the sermons you listen to in church, the songs you learn in church, you know, the Bible study, everything is coming together to an expected end. So that when you are in school, you would in turn do what? Pay the favor back. You will in turn extend the arm of love that you have received from your local church to other people. So it means that your actions will be questionable where you are hostile to people, when you are unkind to people. It will make people, it will beg that question, which church do you attend? Because they are wondering, why are you this hostile? Why are you this, why are you always agitated? Why are you unkind? Because, you know, usually, your church is supposed to mold you spiritually by equipping you so that when you go outside, even before you preach about Jesus, your life is already preaching Jesus. But if you've been equipped and you, res- and you refuse to take, you know, what you're being taught and you not go outside, before you preach, nobody wants to listen to you because your attitude, imagine that in your room, if they ask you to preach in your neighborhood now, how many people will listen to you? If they ask you to preach in your office, how many people will listen to you? Are you the boss that always grumbles? Are you the employee that never listens? Are you the, the servant that, that does what he likes? If you are giving a microphone today from church to say, Oh yeah, Mrs. Um, Mrs. XYZ, you are preaching in your, in your um, office tomorrow. How many people will listen to you? How many people know you as a child of God outside of your Christian name? Because you can be Oluwashim and you can be Oluwashim even even as Oluwa. You can be Sheo without Oluwa because that Sheo is a general name. Anybody can be a Sheo. But your attitude and your behavior would have first launched you out into what you want to do such that even before you preach Jesus, your aura, your demeanor, your attitude, your idiosyncrasies, everything about you speaks Jesus. So these are the things that we learn. We equip ourselves from church. I know so many people that just by serving in a particular unit in church, they've grown in leaps and bounds. I was thinking about this thing yesterday. I'm like, if you have interest in media, I feel like the best place to start your internship from is from the church media team. Because those ones will teach you for free. Do you know how much photography and video um, videography um, classes cost? They are very expensive. But newsflash, if you join the media team of your church, you were willing to serve. Of course, your desire is not to, to go there and just receive it. Your desire was firstly to do what? To serve, to be of service. But while you are doing yourself, what happens? You are being inculped. You will meet people that are, they are veterans. They've gone wide in this, you know, photography business. And they will teach you for free what you need to do. So now it is a win-win. You are serving, you know, recording activities in church, taking pictures, putting it on, putting them up on social media. But you are also doing what? You're also learning life skills. You're also equipping yourself. And say so many people go on, they go to university and they start in you know, a photography business. I know somebody that you know he was in the media team and it was from there he picked up graphics design. And you know, that was what fed him throughout school because that graphic design skills, it has always, you know, been a soft skill that you can always convert to money. But remember, it is, you know, it, it is 
it, it should be something from a place of desire. It is a give and take. You are giving first before you even expect to what? To receive. Right? So, blood of God, another reason we go to church, right, is for discipleship. Now, discipleship is also like, you know, equipping the saints. Because it's from discipleship that you are, it's like you're in an internship. But it's not an internship that comes to an end because you are being discipled till the day you die. There is nobody that would as go the place of discipleship. Absolutely nobody that would, you know, grow older than being a disciple. Even pastors, reverends, apostles are forever disciples because, you know, there is always something to learn. And a pastor can learn from a member. Right? Because in, in, in one particular aspect where, you know, you have the most knowledge, somebody might have the least. But when you come to church, what happens? You exchange your, you know, your own most for somebody's least then somebody exchanges their own most for your own list. And by the time we leave church, everybody is on the what? On a hundred percent because there was what? Discipleship. And I know for a fact that, yes, many times churches focus on, you know, one part of the purposes of the church than one another. Like my, my mom's church now, Equa would, you know, um, talk about themselves being a church that usually... Um, focuses on discipleship. Equa loves discipleship. They do discipleship programs. They do the name of church is Evangelical, you know. So they are very, you know, involved in discipleship. So it's not like other churches don't do it too. But you know, many times churches would pick two or three of purposes of church and just you know make themselves grounded and known for that, right? So you can't you can't exist in a in an isolated place, you can't be, you can't do this thing alone. Nobody disciples themselves alone. Hello, nobody disciples themselves alone. You can't learn in isolation. That part of the world that you feel you don't understand, bring your your questions to church. There is somebody that knows that has the answers to what you need. Somebody has the answers to what you need. So, when we come to the place of, um, when we think about discipleship, rather, we would also think about the fact that, you know, it is a process of, of launching us out. Now, many times you would hear Apostle Paul tell Timothy that the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, you know, in 2 Timothy 2, 2, he says, the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses and trust reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. Now, remember that we are not only there to receive. That's why I started the, the podcast today with what you also have to give. Now, so when in discipleship, you are learning to also be someone else's disciple. Let's just say that it is in grades. So you are in primary two, but guess what? You would have to disciple somebody in primary one. Somebody in primary three will be discipling you. So as the person is helping you, you know, climb up your spiritual ladder, you're also helping somebody to climb up their spiritual ladder. But unfortunately, many times we are selfish about these things. We want to add knowledge. We don't know that. It is when you exchange knowledge that you increase. 
Go and check people that usually do tutorials. The tutorial heads are ah, almost they are the smartest people in school because they are using us in quotes to rehearse. There's no way you will teach something and you will forget. That's why many times some people will say, Oh, come together, I, I can teach this. They know what they are doing. Whereas there's you adding the things you think you know. You think you're smart by you know being silent and be of course not everybody has the gift of you know teaching. I'm just saying. Even if you're not teaching, you can exchange you can exchange knowledge. Somebody is asking you for something that is in your capacity and you know it. Why not tell the person? You know, why not exchange, you know, your wisdom? Now, you will notice that those um, tutorial ads, they always treat A students because when you start to teach, the, when you get to the examination hall, you will remember because you remember that somebody said this thing. Somebody said this thing, and then it just it, it stays glued in your memory. That's why you would, you know, we used to idolize our mathematics teacher or our physics teacher in secondary school because we used to think that oh, they were like the best in their schools. No, when you constantly teach something, it becomes a part and parcel of you. So when you constantly disciple people, what happens? The word of God becomes a part and parcel of you. So as you learn, desire to be a teacher too. Of course, not everybody will be a pastor, but their Bible study, their Bible study units. Even if you're in, in the in the media team, I'm sure you guys would have meeting days. During your meeting days, you can share a word, you know, something that you've learned over the week that has helped you. Always see yourself as a platform for people to learn from. Right? Ecclesiastes, um, Ecclesiastes. 4 9 to 12 says it is not good for man to be alone nor is it good for a christian to be alone sorry no i'm i'm making a mistake rather sorry it is not good for man to be alone so now we'll read verses 9 to 12 two are better than one because they have a good return for their work if one feels down if one falls down rather his friend can help him up but pity the man who falls and has no one to help him up. Hmm. Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cut of three strands is not quickly broken. And the example that always comes to mind is, try take a broom and, and, and bend it. It's almost impossible. But take a strand of broom. Easily, pem, pem, pem. You'll be able to what, break the entire bunch when they are separate. But when they are together, it is very hard for you to come in between, you know, a united place. So when we come together in the place of discipleship, it is a mutual process. Another member is helping another is helping another member, right? So God has given all of us, you know, a fair chance at discipleship. God has given us a fair chance. What do you know? Teach somebody, give trainings, encourage people. You know, give. Just desire to give and give and give. And guess what? As the more we all desire to give, the more we all do what receive. Lord of God, I'm really um, hopeful that with what we've said today, you are more pumped about church on Sunday. You are more expectant about what to give in church on Sunday. As you're desiring to receive, you're also doing what? Desiring to what? To give. Beloved of God. I call you blessed. Bye.